This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Is the Dallas Stars owner right? Is the DFW media soft? Now, we've got some audio, I do believe. Men's Tea Clinic can help if that's the case. Okay, I don't mean that kind. Sing the song. Men's Tea Clinic. Well, I don't even know if that, because I do 972 Go Men's Tea, and that commercial has a different number. Oh, okay. So I might have got rid of that number. So this starts out, we're going to play the cut from Glardy. It's it's about the stars, and we could talk about that. Then we can broaden it out to the rest of the Dallas media, or as somebody asks, what's the plural of media? I want to say medii. I know that's not right, but that's what I want to say. All right, so here's the stars owner talking about the DFW media. They've gone through stretches of this of their eight-year contracts where they haven't they haven't produced uh, up to the level of their contract, and you know these are good guys. When I when I made those comments during the summer, you know like a little bit of the issue in a market like Dallas is that we don't have a media that really holds us accountable. Um, <laughs> they do to a point, but our media in the in the U.S. in a market like Dallas tends to be cheerleaders, mm-hmm. and so. You know, I think sometimes these guys need a little bit of pressure and, you know, public pressure. That's interesting to me. My first question is, is is that the media's first responsibility is to apply public pressure to a player? I I don't think so. Because doesn't that become now you're now you are a vindictive media journalist who has a narrative that you're trying to push? No, I, I agree with that. But I actually I don't think he's wrong about the awfulness of the contracts requisite to the production. Look, the stars are rocking and rolling right now. Like, I'm not going after what Tyler Sagan is doing in this moment. But don't forget, he's under contract after this year for four more years at a cap hit of almost $10 million. Is Whether it was last year, when I did not think that Tyler Sagan was particularly good, or obviously the year before, when he was injured. There are times when Jamie Benn's contract as well and Tyler Sagan's have been a drag on this franchise. So I thought his point was not to be vindictive or anything, but to rightfully call out that these two contracts felt like an albatross that were preventing the Stars from going further at certain times. Who's going to do that in, in hockey? In DFW media, because all I know is there's like one writer in hockey. Who's the star's beat writer for the Dallas Morning News? Nobody. Yep. And and just to to piggyback on this a little bit, his comments are a little tone deaf to me because he, he should understand more than anybody as someone that is from, you know, the BC area in Vancouver, that not every decision you make in this Metroplex about hockey is under a microscope yes. like it is everywhere else. Yes. And I understand the point about wanting to put pressure on Sagan and Ben. 
I get the contracts and everything, but at the same time, it's hard to put a lot of pressure on those guys when they were your two leading scorers for six out of the last 10 seasons. And Ben was the one that brought this team back out of, you he know, did. an abyss. Absolutely. Him and Sagan brought them back to the playoffs. They were two leading scorers for six years in their prime. And let's be honest, if we want to be critical now, front office didn't do a whole lot to put a lot of great areas around him because we talked about it for years. Depth scoring, depth scoring, depth scoring. Their best players during that time that surrounded Ben and Sagan were Alice Hemsky. I don't think a lot of people would even probably nope. understand that. Patrick Sharp. He's a man rocket. I'll Love give him that. that. He's really good, but they were in the back half of their careers. So I don't understand the the sentiment because he should know better than anybody. And at the same time, it's hard when Ben and Sagan, yes, they may have not been producing at, you know, a wonderful level, but at the same time, there's not a lot of Connor McDavid's and Sidney Crosby's out there. And we all know it takes more than one person to win a championship. That's why Connor McDavid hasn't sniffed a cup. He's the best player on the planet. Think about this too is who's the major market here? Cowboys. Who would yep. be second? Mavs? Rangers. Rangers? Okay. Rangers, Mavs, whatever. That's third and fourth. The Stars are the least. Like, they don't get enough coverage here. Yeah. It's not a very popular sport in Texas. I guarantee if we walked out and we named some of the players, they're not going to have a clue of who it is. I hate saying that because, yes, I'm a Stars fan, but it's they don't get enough coverage. It's not as much hype. The other sports get to take the, the spotlight away from them. And it's like, he was just saying, like, the the, the topics, the picks, and all that stuff about the stars, they're not put under the microscope like the Cowboys and everybody else. Like, for example, I do not think it's a stretch right now to see to say that Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger, I'm not saying they're the best, but they're two of the better players in the NHL. Go go walk downtown mm-hmm. or go walk around the Metroplex. That would be a long walk. Just go to some spots and ask those people, do you know who they are mm-hmm. versus even, let's just say, Simeon and Seeger? I think you're going to be humbled by those results. And that's why I have a, an issue with this comments, too, because that's the type of selling point that he gives to a lot of players that want to come play to Dallas. Hey, you can live a really normal life. Yes. You can go out to dinner. Yes. No one's going to bother you. Somebody's not going to look at, you know, y'all Kiviranta from the side of the street and say, hey, you sucked last night. You know, I love him. He scored three goals, yeah, hat trick in nobody, game seven. But uh, hey, look, but nobody guy can't that. say that. You have to, you have to call him out, media guy. Yeah, but nobody really says that into public, though. You know, if you saw those guys out there, nobody ever says you. Man, saw. I, I don't I'm know. Like Toronto and areas I never like Austin Matthews is walking around and he pisses the wrong person off. I think those Canadians in their mm-hmm. version of being angry will let him know. But we're trying to compare our market versus Vancouver, the hockey market up there. And it's just not the same. And it's different because he describes it like it is. I know he said Vancouver, but like you are the Maple Leafs. I mean, the way that gets dissected here is the Cowboys. Everything that happens gets dissected like that. And that's the only spot of the DFW media that I don't think is soft in terms of asking questions and everything like that i think the rest of the reporters do go soft we had a rangers media that like did not think it was relevant that Corey seager was not hanging out spending time or connecting with his teammates for like half the season last year but that's They're, the thing like, that doesn't matter but that's the thing is like you you'll get criticized if we're too hard on them if you're too hard right. on teams yeah. <clears throat> they're gonna start complaining and say you know, you're being too hard on our guys. And then if we're being too nice or, you know, buttering them up the whole time, then it's like, oh, well, we're not being biased. We're not talking crap about them when they're actually not performing. So it's like you can't win, it seems like, every time. That's why I was asking earlier in the crosstalk, is there anything that we can do that we're, as media, we can 
we can be honest and tell the truth and not have to have the consequences of, it's, oh, you're not making our team seem like the greatest ever. It's tough because there are people to this day that think our job or the fans' responsibility mm-hmm. is to hype up the teams and get them ready for Sunday or tonight or tomorrow night or whatever the case may be. And that's just, that is just factually inaccurate. You can and support when I tried your... that this year, the Cowboys lost. Remember, we did so the that's wheel, why you can't... and then yeah. I did the speech for uh, for Coach Balsack, and guess what happened? They lost. So I can't hype them up, Kevin, because I learned my lesson. But I, I, I want to ask this, too, with like being a professional athlete. I've had to deal with it, and that's why I want to ask you with this. We've had to deal with when you're good, you know, they, they ask you all the questions and hype you up, but then when you're bad, they bash you. Did that ever bother you, or were you okay with it? You know what? Hey, it's the truth. i got to face the facts. That's the way it is. No, I felt like it was the truth, but I just remember being in Washington, D.C., to your point, and I'm in the car with my wife, and they start bashing the Washington Nationals. It's, you know, Sports Talk Radio, what we're sure. doing here, and like how bad we are. And I can't remember if they brought up my name or not, but my wife said, Mike, is this making you any better? It's like, you seem to be getting a little bit mad about this. Yeah. And she's like, just turn it off. Don't let them affect you on how you're going to feel about these things so i thought it was a really good kind of just reminder from an outside source on like we really shouldn't matter at all to the way luke is gonna play t- sure. tomorrow night or the way that dak prescott's gonna play quarterback like we shouldn't affect i think it's a great question but i think you need to have people around you that say we shouldn't make you feel good or feel bad about yourself or your team yeah but if you listen to it if i if i was okay with listening to it and being okay with hearing him say great things then i have to be okay with yeah, them saying bad 100 and if anything cool i would always look at it and be like all right you know what I, I they're right i have to do better i have to go out there and do my job and to me as that's how i was yeah. i would use it as motivation as i really do i need to step my stuff up and let's go like i gotta do better this is not it's not acceptable i'm yeah. letting the media down and i'm letting my fan well i should say i'm letting the fans down the media is able to take a hold of that I am kind of curious who in particular Gaglardi thinks needs to be the, the media that's pressuring them more. All two of is them. It, is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, seriously. No, and he's right. Like, in Mike terms Heike, of beat reporters, yeah. there are two. Mike Heike worked for the morning news until the morning news said, we have to cut things for budgetary purposes, and there were a lot of writers cut because of that. And now he is a blogger for the Dallas Stars. And, like, that's internal. While Jerry Jones did a very good job of saying, Derek Eagleton, this is your baby. Take it whichever direction you want. Y'all can, and we're not going to tell you not to write things, uh, you know, and Broadus will say, you are kicking my ass. Jerry would come in there and say, you're kicking my ass, but you're fair and you're balanced about it. Like, that's a, a very valid point. So who are the media members? Is it supposed to be us? When our most of our listening audience does not want to hear stars discussed, they, would, they will text in and say, I'd rather hear any football conversation than that. And that's another point there. Which sucks, even, too. Mm-hmm. Even on the own home of them, I bet they don't talk about, about them that much. Yeah. And that's So add to that, the m- more the fans care about a Cowboys topic than they do a Stars topic. This sounds like it's a Glardy problem. That, that, that somehow he's got to get more audience members in a big way just craving Dallas Stars hockey content in some way, shape, or form because this has been discussed. If Jerry Jones says something anywhere in the entire world, it's going to be a topic across the entire country. If Gaglardi says something two months ago, you barely find out about it. 
Do you also feel like this could be also his way of just throwing it out there and trying to get more of us involved? Try to get more people to the attention of hockey, what's going on here with the Stars. Not necessarily trying to get us to bash them, but just getting, hey, let's get a little more attention onto the Stars here. We are a part of this, this Metroplex. Can we get ourselves involved? Here's how we can do it. Let's just try to get the media involved this way. Joey, I'm going to kick it back to you. Yeah. But quite frankly, I think he was just trying to shirk his responsibility from a few years ago, sitting down with the team <laughs> and being like, look, man, y'all get the giant cap hits and the giant contracts because you're going to carry this team. I need you to carry better. Yeah. And one more point just to wrap it up. I think the root of this issue, like these comments are coming from Vancouver radio show. Like this isn't from a Dallas like that that's part of the issue. He's not making himself available a whole lot. It is so hard so, to get stars yeah, people on the show compared mm-hmm. to Mavs, Cowboys, yeah. Rangers. And if you're like, well, y'all carry the Cowboys and Rangers, it is easier to get mm-hmm. a Mavericks player on this show than it is a stars player. Yeah, and I think I that, that's somewhere. a big issue. That's definitely a big issue. And and yeah, it, it doesn't make a a whole lot of sense. And one other theory, kind of what Derek is saying, I wonder if this is more not about media members not putting enough pressure, but maybe he's irritated that the Stars aren't getting enough national conversation because they are the number one seed in the Western Conference. And you can be critical of a team that's, you know, playing well, but at the same time, not a whole lot to be upset about this year for a team that a lot of people didn't expect to even maybe make it to the top three in this division. They were a fringe wildcard team. That's what a lot of people thought uh, coming into this year. So I wonder if it is, maybe he wants to get the uh, the topic of a national conversation more for his team. Man, great back and forth, I y'all. Like I really, really appreciate it. He's right. We're the KNC Masterpiece. When it comes to matters of hockey, Joey is frequently, if not always, right. Coming up next... Does the return of Dan Quinn help the Cowboys' prospects of keeping defensive free agents? Plus, how about we do some Mike Likes It all part of the lunch rush and a giveaway next right here on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Third and three for Brady. Left to right at his own 
48 yard line three receivers left back and looking over the middle ball is dumped over the middle that might be intercepted yep. Donovan Wilson has the Cowboys first takeaway of the night don't go anywhere yet don't go anywhere indeed and by the way this won't just be about the Cowboys but I think the Cowboys are a fascinating like springboard for this conversation does the return of Dan Quinn help the Cowboys prospects of keeping defensive free agents but I have two more bits of positive news for you. Didn't get to this in gridiron. We had a very fascinating conversation. Is Peyton Hillis yesterday put out a tweet that after he was released from the hospital, he had no worries and it was confident that he would make a 100% recovery. Said, I'm a very lucky and blessed man. So super positive news right there. Also positive news from the 214. I'm at Whataburger. It took only four minutes from the time I ordered to the time I got my food. And they, I said, In your face. Yeah. What did he order? I, I need to order this. I said, victory. And he goes, I was just as shocked. So positive <laughs> news from the life-saving variety to the Whataburger variety brought to you by the KNC Masterpiece. All right. So I'm really glad, Mike and Derek, especially, that y'all are here to take part in this conversation. So I was reading the mailbag on DallasCowboys.com. You you should always do. Great people on there. And one of the questions was, with Dan Quinn staying as the team's defensive coordinator, do you think that might help keep some of the Cowboys' defensive free agents? And then the thought was, you know, Curse, Wilson. Well, more specifically, Wilson. But, like, Curse became better here. And maybe Wilson would stay because he's interested in Dan Quinn. So I guess my question was, you could talk about it from the Cowboys' perspective, but from an athlete's perspective, how much of a difference does a positional or head coach make versus the dollars? How much money have I made in my career? Uh, let's say not a lot. Three million. Money means everything. Is that? It's, it's, I'm not going to argue that. That's yeah, 100. percent Because now, Donovan I, Wilson hasn't made a lot right. of money. Now, if I've made a hundred million dollars. And they're going to offer me a two-year contract where I'm going to make $500,000 less. I might go, you know what? At this point, the comfort in my life of being here, knowing the system, loving this team, all that, I might be able to do it. I've made $5 million in my career, something like that, and somebody's offering me a million dollars more on a two-year contract. I need the two. I need the extra $500,000 per year because my career's short. Yeah. And I'm going to go from making, this is the toughest thing in professional sports, I'm going to go from at some point between age 21 and 31, hopefully, making seven figures, I'm hoping. And then at age 32, I make $0. And 33, I make $0. Right. And 34 years old, I make $0. So I have to, now I have to find something else to possibly do. Maybe, maybe not matters how much I made, but I think that's the deal is, yeah, we look at it, but you're not really, maybe to my left, a little bit different, but you're not really, most guys are not set for life. After their career is over, 90% of us have to find something else to do because we have to find something else in our life that we want to do that we we find entertaining to us. And 90% of us too, we don't have enough money to live another 50 or 60 years on. Yeah. I mean, he's right. I mean, it's for me personally, like I've, I had made enough money that I was willing to, you know, if that's if I get to come back and play here at home, like I would I would have taken the pay cut, whatever it would have been, just to be able to do it because I'm home, get to be in my own bed and those kind of things. But Still at the would. same time, yeah, I I would give anything to be able to put that Rangers jersey on one more time. But 
that's like the the thing is like mike said money is the big key it's gonna you know if i haven't made that much money yeah i'm gonna look for that the better deal when it comes to that so yeah i kevin i was before i saw this text i was thinking this kind of same way a lot of times and this is where do we keep zeke around or not comes into the conversation is he talented enough to be here uh, a lot of people would say no and this, and this is i know this is a diff this is an offensive player but then you look at the defensive side and do you say i can only i only have so much pie and i can only pay so many of these players can i just if dan quinn's that good of a coach can i just rely on the fact that dan quinn can find another guy like that and i don't have to worry about like the fact that trayvon diggs is here next year or mike Mike is a di- like I actually look at both of those guys as I I would uniquely want to keep them, but Dan Quinn's a good enough coach. Jerry Jones has had to shell over some money for this guy. Isn't he a good enough coach that I don't have to worry about that? I can just keep drafting and keep bringing those Jaron J- J- curses in. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair with Donovan Wilson as well because that's an immediate counterpoint. Is like you said, I'll get somebody else. Like don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll figure it out as opposed to paying. Those players, I think that is, he's earned the benefit of the doubt from me. So far. And I figure most Cowboys fans to be like, all right, you say he's the guy. Let's see what he does. The other thing, though, is like you, I'm going to go to the 2010, 2011 teams. Those are special teams. That group was special. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know that they all got along. I don't know that there was. 100% a, we did. They, they did? Yeah. There okay. Was, that clubhouse was unbelievable. That was a chemistry that was important. And I think that's where, and JD, I thought, really, did a really good job of making sure that when they brought players in, they were going to fit in with that chemistry. I don't know how, like, I don't know if you had private detectives that were out there making it's sure. It's more these. of a communication. The okay. one thing I would say, JD, like, I get it. He gets criticized for, you know, whatever towards the end, but he did a good job. He came in the clubhouse. He would interact. He would get feedback from his guys. You know, he went to his guys when it came, when it comes to, all right, we're about to go get Cliff Lee. Mm-hmm. You think this is good for the clubhouse? Besides the fact of, yes, how good he is. Is he going to fit in our clubhouse? Is he going to keep us where we are, or is he going to derail us? Yeah, causing problems can be a huge factor. So he, that's the thing. It's got to come down to talking to your players, too. You can't just throw somebody in there and be like, hey, go get them. Yeah, no, and that's where we kind of have this Luca discussion a lot with uh, whoever we bring into this room. But Dan Quinn's the person you're relying on for that, too. Donovan Wilson, how important is he to the culture of what your defense is? So those, I think those players, they all, there's one guy you're going to be like, he is a, he, you got to have this guy because of this. And there, and a lot of times making sure that he doesn't mess up the chemistry in that room is a huge factor too. I think you guys bring up two interesting, but two different points is I wonder if the Dan Quinn factor plays out more with like Trayvon Diggs, you know, in terms of, Hey, I know he's really good. You give me some type of asset to invest in it, I can find you somebody who can do that versus he's going to have to drop $23 million or whatever the number would be per year. And Donovan Wilson, I would love to keep him. I just wonder if he's like, no, to Mike's point at the beginning, I haven't gotten paid, so let's I go do that. I watching an interview, and I believe it was with Matt Barnes. And Matt Barnes regrets, I believe, taking less money to sign with a championship contender. And Jalen Rose was part of this kind of podcast. And every player agreed. Every player who signed for less money to try to maybe win a championship that's in kind of not a Carl Malone situation or not like I've made all the money in the world. Like most players, if not all, regret signing for less money. Because in the end, 
you get to be 40 years old and you're like, yeah. I gave up how much money just so I could play on this team? Like it, I would, most players would say I'd even trade in the ring for the $3 million that I gave up that year, even if they did win it. Cause like wow, $3 million. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. Ultimately, I was wow. a role player. How much do we talk about Luke Longley's ring counts? Yeah. Like, we don't care about Luke Longley. Luke Longley. We care about Michael Jordan's <laughs> ring count. So the role players are like, man, it's great. I do have a championship. Does anybody want to give me $3 million for this ring? No, nobody does because it says Luke Longley on it, not Michael Jordan. By the way, if you type in the wrong Luke Longley, it takes you to an adult website. Just what? Okay. I just are you sure it's the accident. wrong... Luke Long, but that's like, coming from players. I mean, players would be like, look, I mean, if yes. there's a certain amount of money okay. that I'll be like, I'd rather have that money than say I want a championship as a role player. And whenever people say one of the things is I do see the appeal of taking less money for the championship culture and everything like that. But if you're with it, let's just use the Cowboys, for example. What in the hell leads you to believe that the Cowboys would use that money and get a championship? You know, like if you're going to Trayvon Diggs or yeah. Micah Parsons or whoever, and you're like, hey, if you could take $3 million less a year, we could really build something. My follow-up question is based on what? And I cannot wait to hear what their answer is because none of that's guaranteed, and Mike makes a, a good point. If you're Micah, I can see how you might care about the rings because you're going to get your level of money. But what in the world leads you to believe that the Cowboys are savvy enough with that money to know what to do with well, it? Well, and then obviously, like, Lamar Jackson's a little different in that he doesn't have an agent, right? But most of these guys have agents that are out there going, man, you can get this money with this championship caliber team, too, if that's what you want to do. Yeah, like what, we can you know, find the, a close enough equivalent. The agent's responsibility, my understanding, you guys, uh, you, Derek, you have an agent, and Mike, you had an agent, is they want to know what's important to you and then go get go maximize that. If it's important for you to play in a certain city, they're going to go try and maximize that for you. Obviously, they want a big cut because they want to. They want their little piece, too, that goes along with it, but they want to make you happy because they want to keep you around as a client. Say cool. Let's go ahead. I was going to say, for me, like looking at that, it's like, okay, where do I have the best opportunity to play? Where can I actually contribute if I'm a part of it? Because, like, at the end of the day, too, like Mike was saying, like, some guys would give up their rings just to get that extra $3 million. I wouldn't want that because that ring's going to last me forever. And the money is just goes, you know, wherever. I want to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. So if, I, if I'm getting that ring, I'm hoping that I contributed enough to where I can actually be like, this, this was me. I helped out with this. So... That that's the big factor for me. Um, I'm just it, it takes me back to Drew Pearson on the elevator with you. Whenever he goes, see see that that's what getting into the Hall of Fame does. It was the best because <laughs> it was right after Drew Pearson. He was up here at the fan right after he had gotten into the Hall of Fame, and people were like, "Oh my God, Drew Pearson!" They wanted his autograph as they should. He got into the Hall of Fame. He got into the elevator. He looks at me and he goes. That's what getting to the Hall of Fame does for you. And I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and his comedic timing was freaking spot on as yes. well. That's good. That's how it should be. I mean, you are you want to be a part of something. You want to say that you did something to help get to that. So for me, it's like that's, that's where I'm looking at is where do I have the best opportunity? Yes, I'll make the most money out of it, whatever. And then go from there. Now, real quick. We got Mike Likes It coming up. I wanted to circle back around to the rest of this NBA player poll because I thought it was fun and there were some interesting questions on there. May I add one last thing to that, Kevin? Sure. On the Dan Quinn front, I think the one thing he can do is is 
keep that culture existing that when you do add new players into it, it that it stays yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. But every year, the the beginning of the year and the end of the year, this same discussion happens, and that is at the end of this year, we won't probably won't see the same faces the next season. Sure. And you're not you're seeing new faces this season as you roll in. So I I, I understand where you were going with that topic. Uh, but I don't think it's Dan Quinn that keeps players, uh, the defense around. I think it's more of Dan Quinn just continually uh, reconfiguring what that chemistry and what that defense can do. Now, who do y'all think is the best trash talker in the NBA? Or who do you think players would think is the best trash talker in the NBA? If Tim, it was the Tim refs, Duncan. it would clearly be Luka. Honestly, yeah. if it's who talks the most, Luka's up there. I don't know how well he talks trash, but he talks quite a bit. It's fun getting to sit in Derek's seats. Like, he's not quiet during the game. And <laughs> obviously, he is talking to the refs the most out of anybody on the court, more than to his teammates, more than to the other team. But he is talking to the other team at times and letting them know what he's about to do to him. So, yeah, I don't know who I would say. I, I agree with Mike. He does talk a lot. I mean, they all talk, but. Seems like Jaw wants just, to talk a lot. I don't know if I don't know. Jaw did get a vote, but the top two, Pat Beverly yeah, and Draymond say, Green. So yeah. I will say when Pat he was Beverly. in town, he talked a lot while he was out there. He'd be talking to Luca. He would hold a conversation while guarding. And that was like it's hysterical to me. It's it's awesome to see because I mean there's times where I'd even be on the mound and I would talk to whoever's batting as long as I knew them pretty well. But it's yeah, that that's a good one. I, I do like that. Paul George says Pat Beverly is undefeated at trash talking. I like Tyrese Halliburton. To your point, Derek, and he goes, I know a lot of these guys might not agree, but Pat Beverly never stops talking, which is good. Which is what the good guys do. He's like he just never stops talking. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He can get scored on five buckets in a row, <laughs> and then, still he, keep then he steals a ball, and he's like, I got you. You shut down, and you're like, dude, the dude is five of six right now on you. <laughs> Well, it that's part of his game, though. That is definitely part of his game. And with Luca, like, that's the once you were talking about Draymond, it's, it seemed like the entire time, and I listened to his podcast during that series, he would never say anything about it. He was like, he's one of those guys. He's the dude. He Everybody knows he's one of those. And he never said top five players, but he's like, that's one of those guys that you don't mess with. And he just kind of kept dropping the... I'm going to treat this guy so nice. I don't want to make him mad because once I make him mad, turns it on. then he's going to he's gonna turn into Luka mode. And I don't want Luka mode to come out. I just want him to be out there cheerful and playing basketball. So I think Draymond definitely is one of those trash talkers, but I think he's really smart when it comes to the psychology of the game. Should the NBA go back to a five-game series for the first round? Yes. Ooh. No. How are we ever going to get more Kobe and Shaq if we don't uh, if we don't have seven games, Kevin? Huh. I don't know okay. about that. It does give the lesser team a better chance. That's why okay. they went to seven games. They started going, hey, there's too many upsets yep. happening here in a short series. Because if you play two at home as the as the higher seed, and then you lose one of those games at home and the other team has a great home court advantage, that's why they went to seven to try to make it more difficult. So you would get more upsets in the playoffs, which then would teams would care even less about seeding. Jason Tatum said no. Not surprisingly, Paul George said yes. He goes, I would like it because of how long the season is. And Jaron Jackson Jr. said, who's in favor of that? How many games should a player have to play to be the MVP? 70. Okay. 
I think 70 is a good number. I'm okay with that. All right. That would be missing approximately two games a month. And so 62 was the leading vote getter, and that's three-fourths of the season, essentially. Yeah. And you could have, an, you could have like a bad any. injury or a, a little injury that takes a couple weeks for you to kind of get back and, yeah. and get going everything in an MVP season But to still. me, if you play 62 and another guy plays 72, I'm voting for the 70. Like, it's going to be sense. close. It's not like... Got, like right now, nobody's run away with the MVP. I don't think Luka can get it because of team record. Sure. But, I mean, if you look at Giannis, Jokic, yep. uh, Embiid, Embiid kind of, you know, I mean, obviously you just look at a few other Tatum. guys. Yeah, you're just like Tatum. Yeah, you know what? I love the Tatum pick is I just think that if one guy plays 10 more games than the other guy, I'm going to vote for, and I think a lot of people would vote for the guy who played 10 more games. You're going to hate this answer. Mm. is so remember there's only 11 players that were in this but yeah. one said 75 games one said 82 one said 42 <laughs> the top two vote getters was that paul george who I, said can 42? See, I can see that i'll go to, i'll go back and check that i think was it uh Kawhi leonard who said 12 62 got four votes no minimum got three votes so seven of the 11 players said Three quarters of the season or less would be just fine for them. And then last one, I really like this question. Besides yourself, if there's a player in the league you'd love to see a ring, win a ring, who would it be? Who's the NBA player you would love to see win a ring? Like, let's take gonna, the Mavericks out of I'm it. I'm going to say this name because I think Derek's going to agree with me. Because of his loyalty and how hard he plays, I would say Damian Lillard would be a really cool guy to win a ring. That was That's exactly who I would pick. LeBron. He just, I mean, he's, oh he doesn't God. get enough credit. <laughs> uh-huh. But yes, it's Damian Lillard. He's one of he's my favorite player in the NBA. Damian Lillard's the top my vote getter tied first. with who would you Shea Gilgis Alexander? It is not. Although I Donovan will tell Mitchell. you this. One but one person voted for Cade Cunningham. Huh. I was like, what? Get out of here. Are you serious? That's Cade's mom? <laughs> <you said? laughs> Maybe. These are supposed to be players. Embiid? Uh Chris Paul. Uh, so, no, screw that. I think you have to. I think if you're looking, I can't believe Cade Cunningham. I feel like you I have to be like it. about ten years in the league because, like, if you yeah. say Luca, like wait, Luca should have another ten premium years in the league. So it's like you see Lillard in his situation. You go, he's probably not going to come close to winning one. What do you so think about really cool. this quote from Colin Sexton? It's CP3. He's one of those guys who comes in and does the work and never complains. <laughs> but the top three vote getters were. Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook. There I, was one vote for Luca. I would love Same to see Kate what Cunningham. Russell Westbrook get one too. I, have you seen the video on all like the good stuff that he's done since he's become a Laker in the community? Who's this? Uh, Russell Westbrook. And I believe that like, for sure. There was some really good stuff. I was like, oh man, I didn't. I knew nothing about this. All I know is that the dude just can't get it together. He's uh, a. He's not a like a bad guy. No, he's no a, not at all. Kind of a dumb basketball player. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Mike likes it in about, let's say, 10 seconds. Mike, you shut it away! 877 Caller number 10. Now. We'll win a four-pack of tickets to the Frisco Baseball Classic March 1st, March 3rd games at Rough Riders Field in Is there no March Frisco. 2nd? No March 2nd. There's no games on March 2nd. Either that or we're not doing the okay. giveaway, as far as I know. March 1st. And March 3rd games in Frisco. We'll be doing this giveaway all week long. 877-881-1053. Now, how about some Mike Likes It? All right, Kevin, you're going to love Mike Likes It because I'm going to give you the floor. Oh, dear. Nate McMillan has been fired as the Atlanta Hawks head coach. Now, Mm -hmm. 
this didn't just happen. It's not breaking news, yeah, but it was it, last night. Yes, yesterday but, afternoon. So, Nate McMillan, we didn't get to discuss this yesterday. It hadn't broke yesterday when we went off the air at 2 p.m. But so the Hawks, who are fighting for kind of play-in situation, maybe even six seed, you know, they can maybe make it up to like six seed at the end of this situation of, of the season. Trey Young is getting a lot of criticism right now for this situation because, sure. you know what, Nate McMillan was brought in and did a great job with that organization. And now Nate is having to get fired because Trey, I'm going to give you the floor here, seems like he's getting the criticism, which I don't disagree with, can't lead a team and is not a good enough player to build around. He is not a good enough player to build around. That's a fact. All right? I know people look at his gaudy points per game, and look, he is a good player. I'm not saying he's a not a good player. He's not the guy I would build my franchise around. He is a very, very, very inefficient scorer. For somebody who people talk about what incredible range he has, okay, then you could chalk it up to bad shots. He is not a good shooter, all right? He can hit more three-pointers than the average person from half court, sure. But he makes less three-pointers than the at a percentage base than the average NBA player. And he shoots a lot of them. And that's a problem. He shoots seven per year this season and makes 32%. And if you think that's an outlier, he shoots seven per game for his entire career at 35%. He's not a good shooter. And for people, the thing that really set me off is when, did you say it's Keyshawn? Key, so so Keyshawn Johnson this morning, Jay Williams uh, is on vacation, so he had to try to carry basketball talk. Keyshawn Johnson, because Seth Greenberg, uh, who is an NBA a- analyst, really a lot more college analyst than NBA, but he, Keyshawn said, I don't get why you're saying all these things about Trey Young because Luka and Trey Young are the same player. That is bananas. Okay, what do we say about Luka? He's not a good three-point shooter, and people say Trey Young is an elite shooter. Trey Young, for his career, his three-point percentage is 1% higher than Luka. And keep in mind, we bang Luka. Well, hold on. Whoa. I, we, what happened I'm going to change that to bash. That would have got me in trouble no. for that. Bang. And you he's bang. so bang. close to what supposedly Trey Young's elite skill, skill level is. Oh, Trey Young's one of the best players in the NBA. That's true. One time, he was all NBA third team. So one time, he was considered one of the 15 best players in the league, whereas Luka has been on first team all NBA three times. Yeah. There is a world of difference between them. Trey Young is a good basketball player, but I'm tired of this nonsense about how, oh, he's one of the top 10 players in the league. He's top 15. My ass he is. Well, just to give you an idea, CBS has their rankings of the top 50 players in the NBA from preseason to now. Okay. And Trey Young went from the 14th ranked player in the preseason to the 28th player now. And I think that is perfectly, if you tell me you think he's a top 30 player in the league, top 25 player in the league, sure. Let's have a conversation about it. I think that's yeah. fair. And Seth Greenberg, who obviously is following yeah. the NBA, that's his job to do. It's not Keyshawn's job to do, is he said, look, man, you shouldn't compare Trey Young to Luka. I get that Luka is not the best defender, but Seth Greenberg, who follows the league, said, here's the deal. He said Trey Young can only guard one person on the court. Because of his size, he can only guard the smallest guy on the other team, and he can't really do that at all. And the smallest guy on the team is usually the point-of-attack player. 
And when you can't guard that person, it breaks down your whole defense every time. He said, with Luka, you can go put him on other defenders so you don't have to put him on the point of attack guy. And then he said, Luka's going to grab you 10 rebounds a game. Trey Young is really – the ball kind of finds him for rebounds, not that he can go get rebounds. And then he said, when Luka gets switched – you're not totally dead. If he gets switched yes. onto a big guy, he's physical enough to kind of handle the physicality of the big guy. If he gets switched on a small guy, you're in a little bit of trouble, but he's shown the ability at times to stay in front of that guy when he wants to. Trey is Seth Greenberg, not me. He was saying Trey's never shown the ability to keep the guy in front he's of him. He's an awful defender. So that's where... You know, Keyshawn was kind of just like, but I still think they're both the worst defensive player. And then it's like Keyshawn, like you gotta, you gotta. Seth Greenberg's almost like Keyshawn. You shouldn't ever really compare Trey Young and Luka Doncic as basketball. Agreed. Players. They are not comparable players. Okay, so I just gave you that Trey Young is now ranked the 28th best player in the NBA. Like right now, we just did the MLB right now. So they literally CBS did the NBA right now. I would like for you guys to take a guess on where you think Kyrie Irving is on the list of players right now. And do you want me to give you where he was preseason ranked? Yeah, I think that will help. Preseason ranking, Kyrie Irving was ranked the 31st best player in the NBA coming into the season. He's been playing really well. I'm going to say 22. 27. 25. 22 is exactly what? correct. Right behind him is Paul George, who is preseason ranked number 11. So because of his injuries 26. and lack of playing. And then 21 right ahead of him is Bam Adebayo. Do, so, they, do you have Brunson on there? I don't know. I Sorry, yes. I didn't ask you that no, no, ahead no. of time. Brunson was, I believe, preseason ranked number 60, Whoa. and Whoa. he is now number 29. Okay. Wow. Holy smokes. Man, do you think we'll get to a point where Brunson's being compared to Trey Young? Like, I know CBS has them back to back. I'm not saying that. I will think be the if case. this, if the Atlanta Hawks don't turn around after firing Nate McMillan, I think going into next year, Jalen Brunson will go from 29 to possibly, let's say, 25. And I think Trey Young will go from like 28 to like 35. So I do think Jalen Brunson will end up. I think being ranked higher going into next season than Trey Young, unless the last 20 games or so go differently than how they've been going. Now, uh, before I get to where Luca is ranked, I know that there are a lot of Anthony Davis bashers in this room named uh, Derek Holland. <laughs> uh, where do you think Anthony Davis is ranked among the top 50 players now in the NBA? 39. Okay. Ooh, I was going to say higher. Okay. Do you want to know before? I'll let you re-guess. Nope, I don't want to. All right. Because I don't care. Do you want to know his preseason rank, Corey? Uh, I'm going to say 20 before you tell us that. His preseason rank was 12. All right. That's close. It was 16 okay. going into the year. And right now, I'll say 38. Uh, 23. 17. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that is move very much, huh? Yeah, that's bad. Because so, he hasn't played much, so they're like, we can't judge him based on that. That feels wrong that that's, <laughs> that's not how that works. He should be fired. Wow. He is averaging 26 and 12 he's right now. He's also averaging three minutes, too. True. By the way, uh, I did see where number 44 is Porzingis. So he has wow. moved He's moved quite a bit up the list throughout this season. Now, we get to our top five players by CBS Sports right now. 
Number one is? I think the best player in the league, I know y'all are going to crap on this, is I think it's Jokic. You are correct. He was number four coming into the year. So they had him preseason ranked number four. They have him right now uh, number one. And it talks about, look, it's going to be very tough for him to win three MVPs in a row because that's reserved for guys like Larry Bird in the 80s. It's just very tough to do, but they're saying – what he's doing is giving himself a great chance, having the best record in the Western Conference with injuries around him. By a pretty him good still. margin, I yeah, think. Yeah, so he's, he, he's still had injuries around him and still looking like he's going to get the number one seed. If, even if you don't agree, you don't think it's crazy to say Jokic is no, the best player in that. Not at all. All right, number two. Corey, would you like to take a guess at the number two player right now in the NBA? Ooh, uh, According to CBS. Luca. No, it's preseason ranked number one, moving down a spot, Giannis. Yeah, that makes sense. So they have Jokic number one, Giannis number two. What did he say was number one? Derek Holland, do you think Luka is number three in the NBA right now? Yeah. You are correct. He was preseason number five. So they've actually moved him from number five to number three. Kevin. Who is number four right now ranked in the NBA? I'll give you his preseason ranking just to give you a What hint. if I told you I don't think I need it? All right. You don't need it. I think it. it comes down to two people. All right. I think it's either Embiid or Tatum. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to say Tatum. You're correct. Okay. Preseason ranked number nine. So he's gone he's, from number nine to number seems four. right to me. Number five, Corey. You might you might have gotten a lot of help from the last guy. Here. Oh, am I right? Yes, Luca. Yes, what? Joel and what are you? Giannis picking the All Star game? Uh, <laughs> Joel Embiid is number five. He was preseason ranked number six. Kevin Durant is number six. Steph Curry is number seven. Preseason ranked number two, just because of injury and then yeah. their team success hasn't been good. Shea Gilgis Alexander has the huge jump from yeah. preseason ranked number thirty six to now number eight. Wow! Wait, can I ask one guy where where he's at? Because I, I love watching him play too. It's not Lillard. Lillard's number nine, by the way. That's good. I'd like to see that. Donovan Mitchell. John Morant is number ten. LeBron is number eleven. Donovan Mitchell number twelve. He went okay. from preseason number twenty-two to number twelve. So I know they good. don't do yeah. this, but if you are going kind of all NBA, it would it would be the five guys that I named, and then second team would be the other five guys I named. If you were going to go third team all NBA right now, it would be LeBron James, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, uh, Demonis, Demontis Sabonis. And number 15, I don't know how he makes an all-NBA team because he plays one game a year, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so you want to make fun of Anthony Davis. Would you, rather have, would you rather have, real quick, we're out of time, would you rather have Kawhi Leonard next year on the Mavs or Anthony Davis? Kawhi. Who knew you? he was going to say No, that. well, who would you? Kawhi. Thank you. I think Thank I you. would pick Kawhi just because I, I think it's his you. choosing as opposed to actual injury. It's still the agitating. Well, he hates the state of Texas, so he ain't coming here. For the KNC Masterpiece, oh, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Deion Sanders and Coyotes next oh to The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.